Hey, everybody, welcome to tonight's late night happy hour. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, joined by Dave Schilling. He is, as we say here, he is a writer, he is a host, he is the internet's best dressed man. I mean, the, the, they took the poll, they voted. It wasn't me who said this. <laughs> and by the they way, Dave, it's me. We took the liberty of trademarking this for you. You can see. So this was our gift to you because you've been good to us. We've mm-hmm. given you this title. It is trademarked. It is yours. Right. I believe this is legally like this is good. This is all you yep. need. You yep. can start yep. using this. Yeah, no court in the land would say that this is not 100 percent my property. <laughs> well, I mean, this is it's legit. not like you. It's not like you can cut and paste a TM next to a statement that you write there. Yeah, no, that you have to you have to search for that on the internet. It took me a good ten seconds. Yeah, there's no keystrokes for that. <laughs> I actually are don't there? know the keystrokes. I was are mostly... there keystrokes for the trademark thing? Yeah, I don't know how to do it. I just figured out how to do Schroeder, like to make the umlaut work. Umlaut, yeah. That's that's that was that was my big dig into uh, next level keyboarding. <laughs> so. See, uh, so I I'm in uh, you know a couple uh, NBA group chats. One that's kind of a you know, multiple types of fans, and one that's just Laker fans. And I just call him Dennis in those <laughs> those group chats. I'm not going to try to <laughs> hold down the the O and then find that the, I don't care. It's fine. I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, easy Dennis, for you to say. You know who I mean when I say Dennis. Dennis yeah. Hastert, former Speaker of the House. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's both Not a person <laughs> who had it should be known surprisingly tight handles. Oh Denny boy! Hastert. Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, I I'm, I'm gonna just move on from there. <laughs> yeah, Brian, it's, I think I think you may not be remembering everything that you're went tripping on. Tripping over. I think you're gonna do a Google search and regret that phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that guy! Yes, oh, he was a bad person. <laughs> Legitimately evil. Yeah. It's not like one of those, well, Ooh. if you're a conservative. <laughs> no, he's just like he's a bad guy. He was a bad guy. No, no. this bad, bad this, should, this should be a bipartisan opinion. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope we can find some common ground on Dennis Hastert being a bad person. Yeah. He's, I, you know what? You should have said Dennis Haskins. That would have been better. I thought about it, but I was like, I'm gonna go for a really obscure reference. Everybody remember it saved by the bell. Yeah, that's true. I, I've seen I've actually seen Dennis Haskins out a few times. Yeah, it's not pretty. No, actually. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that first because I didn't necessarily want to go there, but no. It's yeah, not. he just seems like the kind of person who rolls out of bed and then just keeps rolling. I I used to see him. I used to take an improv class in Burbank, and afterwards, like students How would always we all yeah, I, I was gonna say really again with with Dennis Haskins, not Denny Hastert. Yeah, <laughs> no, Dennis Hastert was not yes, in my improv and... class. <laughs> no, that's a no and right there. <laughs> but uh, I I remember that Dennis Haskins used to see him at this one karaoke bar in Burbank that we'd often go to after class, and he looked like he may have just rolled out of the house straight to this place, but he I mean, rolled there at about eleven a.m. Yeah, he, he looks like a, an actual log. <laughs> log rolling down the street. 
<laughs> Poor guy. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. Is he in the reboot? Let's say if they ask him, the answer is yes. I mean, <laughs> reason, I mean did they ask him? Though? Right. That's the only reason he wouldn't be is if they didn't ask. It's very similar to uh, I, I and I forget the actress's name who plays uh, Eddie Murphy's wife in Coming to America. Exactly like, why they didn't ask her to come back. No, they did. Well, no, but she's in the second one, which we're going to talk about over the course of the show. Oh, I assume she wasn't. That's good. But I feel like, like the only reason she wouldn't have been in it, like wouldn't have said yes, is if just they didn't ask. It's like right. she hasn't done a whole lot since then. Yeah, not because she's bad in the movie. I don't want to disparage her her abilities. Oh. It's just that yeah, she didn't. Now we can talk about the reasons why somebody of her persuasion doesn't get more parts and uh, we'll i'm sure we'll get into that eventually but that's probably part of it is you know black black women in hollywood have a hard time even today getting parts yeah i mean even even for a movie that they helped originate like mm -hmm. you would think at that point it, it becomes a gimme yeah it's not a uh, gimme it's never a gimme for black people in hollywood i'll say that no and that's uh, also something we're end up getting into because you Mm -hmm. Our friend are involved a in a very big project that dropped today. Yes, very, thank you. Very, very exciting. Uh, it's called Black Renaissance: The Art and Soul of Our Stories. Um, I, the executive producer, I, I hear she's gaining some traction in Hollywood. Oh, who? <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's getting traction in Hollywood? A, a, Ava, somebody. <laughs> I've heard she. I've heard she's doing okay. Ava Duvernay. Yeah, I, I, I hear he did not work on this. <laughs> she didn't. No, I would Wait. know. I was I I worked on it. I was. <laughs> I, know, I, I thought I saw. I thought I saw her in the no. credits. We don't all look the same. No, no, no. I really I did research on this. I thought I thought I actually suddenly someone's Denny Hastert mistake doesn't seem so bad, does it? No, this is no. I'm actually now I'm really. Mad I don't about record this. any of my shows this yeah. late at night. I'm actually kind of mad that I wasted time looking up some stuff in her in her IMDb now. <laughs> well, we can still talk about Ava DuVernay as much as you want. No, no, I, I actually mean, I, I loved Selma. Great I know. I actually, I I just thought that she was. I thought that actually, when I first heard that you were in this, I remember clearly misremember that she was involved with it, and I didn't bother. She passed on it. it. She passed. She passed. <laughs> Maybe that's what I remember. <laughs> Why would you know that? I don't know. That's my point. There's something about this that I knew that she had had some type of connection. She had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, who? there are important people, though. Yes, yes. Okay. I'll okay. do the pitching about, here, uh, then. Yeah. Why don't you All tell right. us about this it? This is a nine-minute special um, that pays tribute to Black history through the lens of art and creativity. And we have... An amazing cast of, of of guests that come in and, and provide commentary in their in musical performances and all the comedy, all that stuff. Um, both Barack okay. and Michelle Obama are in this. Um, uh, Stacey Mary, Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Nas. Uh, Nas. Yeah. Uh, Killer yeah, Mike. Look how carefully now he's naming the people who are in it. He's like, well, I've got my Nas. list. And now I I've I've not only got my list, I watched the damn thing, and now I don't trust myself. But definitely not Ava DuVernay. No. <laughs> how did I? How did I end up on that? Honey, I'm like I genuinely know. confused now. 
I'm How concerned for your mental state. I am. I'm also very concerned about my mental state. It, it's it's very good. <laughs> you know what? Should I mean, we, should we show people a little piece of it? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. My favorite book. Oh, I thought you were going to fast forward to the credits where I never mind. Right. I read it. And I mean, I we can. It was, I was like, no, don't do that. Real. This is what real life is. But at that, by that age, I had already started having interactions because of race. And that book was like the first time other than my family. I was like, yo, black people all over the country are going through stuff. And this is what we go through. And it kind of connected me to my blackness. I don't want to die poor by Michael Arsenault. Is like a dope collection of, you know, stories and essays and stuff like that. He makes these like kind of like sad situations like, you know, student loan debt and like, you know, everyday problems, like finds humor in them. When I first started acting, uh, I discovered A Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry. There's so many wonderful black playwrights. I just really admire black women who are fearless. I love those women for making a space for me. I think the most powerful word in the English language is the word no, because no is a full sentence. It's also one word. We spend a lot of time trying to explain to people why you're saying no, but you don't have to. You can truly just say mm, no, and that's the end of the sentence. The word that has the most power in the English language is yes. I think the word that has the most power in the human language is help. It's such a powerful word. It's one of the hardest words for people to say. It's hard because of pride and because of some situations for people to ask for help. I think I realized how powerful words can be when I said the word bitch in front of my mother and she was like, what did you say? And I was like, oh, she mad at me. I realized the power of words very early on with my jokes and with my impressions and whatever. My dad would make me get up and do impersonations of, of, of all of my uncles in their various stages of drunkenness. Being funny can save your life sometimes because I was in the Bronx house of detention. I was in a 40-man cell. And you know what? Those people got the tightest two days of comedy I've ever done in my life. I tell you what. Because that's what you got to do. We're just sitting there, ain't no TV. So I'm cracking jokes. And I just remember people were just like, they were like, yo, you're funny. You're funny. I'm going to keep my eye out for you. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention I learned the power of words from where? Hip hop, real hip hop, hip -hop. real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? You know that. You're, you're, shout to the Nas. First time I heard Illmatic, I was like, Whoa. yo, yo, the lyrics. Whoa. So if you want to watch the rest of this, right? No, what I think is great, Dave, is that you did all of this without Ava DuVernay even lifting a damn finger. Like, really impressive. I mean, and you still it's did. Very it. impressive. I, I, I DM'd her. I, I sent her letters, cards, uh, flowers, uh, chocolates, all these things. Just say, please, can you can you do anything on this? Can you just like. I, I, can you can you put your name on it? Can you can you bless this show? Nope, nope. I just like yeah, not, I don't think so. I, I I would rather not, and then embarrass Andy and Brian on the air. Well, you know what? I, I, first of all, no, 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 I'm going to embarrass the Brian, just brother. Andy. First of all, I I'd be embarrassing myself at some point over the show, regardless. So she might as well have gotten involved. Second of all, one hour, uh -huh. twenty one minutes. 49 seconds. Eight. If you are looking to see Dave Schilling's name, co-executive producer, it is. It is. one hour, 21 minutes, 49 at I the had, end. I had this idea for a bit 
where uh, I would be like, hey, guys, check it out. I worked on this cool thing. It's on YouTube. I, here's the link. And, of course, the link just goes straight to the end. To <laughs> but I thought that was dumb. I want so, people to watch the whole thing. So explain to people exactly what, what was your role on this? Like, what 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 did it entail? Like, what, what was part of the creative process for you? Well, um, for something like this, which is essentially a variety show, um, you know, that you have to figure out what it is. Like, what is this going to be? You can have the idea of, oh, is it going to be a show about black history? Okay, but what about black history? What parts of black history are you going to focus on? How do you organize it? How do you, how do you then, um, you know, write the, the copy that people are going to say? Uh, who's going to be in it? Um, you know, what's it going to look like from a graphical standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint? Uh, everything. <laughs> I was a part of everything. Other than like color timing it and, and doing the sound mix, I was involved in a little bit of everything on this show um, from the beginning to the end. Uh, it was a, it was a long process of just trying to decide like what do you say about Black History that hasn't been said a million times? Because guess what, guys? Black History Month is every year. <laughs> so there's one of these things every year that somebody's doing. So what much, do you do much to the chagrin of some people, they they keep bringing it back every year. Why do they gotta keep doing this? It's sort of like the All Star game. Renewed. It keeps getting renewed. Why are they still doing the All Star game? Who, who they're the same stars every year. <laughs> no, it, um, so in in deciding then, you know, the, how you want to tell the stories, the stories in particular that you want to get wanted to get into. What did you focus on and like what were you looking for in, in terms of either through lines, presentation, that sort of thing? Well, I mean, the 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 guiding principle for me was always like black people often don't have a voice in American society and in, in the world. You know, the uh, oppression and, and, and systemic racism are real things. And so how do black people communicate not just with each other, but to the world? And it's through art. It's through poetry, it's through photography, it's through music, it's through dance, um, it's through sports and, and sports activism. Uh, there's there's a really great film um, in somewhere in the middle of the, of the, the show narrated by Jamel Hill talking yes. about sports activism and you know the the need for for people to speak up and that's again in the news shockingly again in the news someone Zlatan Ibrahimovic says oh LeBron James should uh, stop right. talking this, about this came up tonight. So, yeah and yeah and LeBron brought it up in his post game press conference and really tore a new one into Zlatan it's a LeBron is a remarkable man uh and uh he's constantly being told these things and we always have to to say you know as the black community in, in america no we're going to continue talking about this we have to um it's a matter of life and death for some people and so that was the guiding principle for me with this with this show is every time we're talking about a piece of art we're talking about a song uh, a movie a, a comedian uh, it needs to be something that changed the world, that moved people, and that that expressed a truth and, and a reality about the, the experience of being black in, in the world. Uh, it's it's. I mean, there's a lot. I'm trying to think of where to uh, to begin unpacking because th there's 
well, a I, lot I, there. I thought, I, I thought, you know, one of the things that you guys that the, that you did this in this clip that was interesting was talking about language, and you know, the you know the the, the three choices that came up in that segment for, um, you know, what is the most powerful word. Um, and we, you know, and we'll, we'll, there's a, a whole bunch of stuff that we'll get into tonight that's a lot more frivolous than than this. Um, I thought it was fascinating that the, the three words that were came up with yes, no, and help. Um, and I understood the context in all of them. I would have probably said yes if somebody asked me that question. Is you know, I feel like yes, you know, you can say yes, like it opens up the doors. But contextually, no, at least to me, made sense, particularly from. Uh, you know, a black woman like that to me is like, okay, when she started to explain why no was so powerful, I kind of got it. Like it, it made sense to me. Um, I, I obviously help is in and of itself. Like when, when, what did the, like the selection of those three words, very simple words mean when you, when they, you know, when you heard it and they put that together? Well, I mean, it, it was all happenstance. Um, it was a question that, that I asked Jesus and Marrow and then, uh, Ask, I asked Nicole Byer that question later when we did the interview with her mm -hmm. and she just happened to say no. It was, it was really, um, it was really great. You know, when you, when you come up with these questions and you try to have them cut together and hopefully there's some sort of meaning to the, the, the three answers there was, and it was just because that's what people say. Like it, there was, there was no, I couldn't have made that happen. You know, it could only happen because that's what they wanted to say. No, the only person who could have made that happen is Ava DuVernay, and she refused. <laughs> you know to what though? She really wasn't needed. Like, she just was unwilling to. I am busy. She's a busy person, an incredibly <laughs> talented, smart, busy person. And I also want to make sure too. By the way, wanna, she just no, I'm good. I want. I want to make sure too that we don't, that we don't drive this into the ground and guarantee that Dave never works with her. Fine. No, no, no. I'll just sit her. I'll just sit her hard. I just say I'm sorry. I'm sure it you saw this and you hated it, and it you think I'm a fool, but I'm not. I'm great. It would be a feather in our cap because, like, it means she's watching the show, which is obviously she good. follows me on Twitter. So right. you never know. She would be, oh, there's us. that guy that who that guy who did that show I didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, man, I think that's what I'm thinking of. I think, <laughs> but what are you gonna do? There, yeah. There's there um there's a line in there, and I I can't remember off the top of my head who says it, but um that black culture is the oxygen of the world. It gives breath to everything and everyone. And it really stood out to me just because beyond it just being powerful, like knowing the history in this in this country of just co-opting and monetizing black culture, you know, often repurposed under the cover of like whiteness. When you talk about blues, you know, be evolving into rock or the way rap went from being this dangerous force to the point where like politicians and government officials were speaking out about it to this money-making force once you know white suburbans accepted it and then you know you could see the money that came from or even something like black lives matter and the protests over the summer where you saw white people marching and protesting alongside black people which is great but then inevitably trying too much to become front and center and not listening enough not like asking questions just finding out how you can help and just shutting up because it's not their movement to lead. And it just, 
that line just really got to me. They, just that idea of it providing life, but then what we do with it and, and how it's not appreciated from where it actually originates. Yeah. I mean, that was part of the mission statement here is to say, you know, think about all these things that you love and, and what what is the common denominator there? And that is that is black culture. And that's not to say that black culture is better than anybody else's culture, that it is superior because that would be fallacious, and wrong and not good. Um, but it is important and it is, yeah. you know, black expression is part of of all pop culture. Uh, everything. Yes. everything that we watch, everything that we listen to, everything that we enjoy, the athletes that we watch, you know, play sports. A lot of them are are African American or you know people from the rest of the diaspora. Um, you have to recognize that, and if you recognize that, hopefully you can start to recognize the humanity of every black person, because that is a thing that is lacking in our society right now, and we see it every day on the news that people don't recognize the humanity of, of black men and women in this country. And hopefully by seeing how powerful their words are and how powerful their expression and their creativity is, you will start to see them as human beings. What was it like? For, uh, uh, sorry, Brian. What, yeah, what was it like? What was it like for you just as somebody with um, a, a background writing in comedy to just be around people like Deesa Zamara or Nicole Byer, who are just really, really funny people, and you know, and really have their own unique perspective on comedy. Just like being around them and sort of getting a better idea of you know how they work or just how they see the world. It's sort of like hanging out with you guys at a Laker game. <laughs> that that bad, huh? <laughs> many, that many that people, inspiring. Many people they, they have compared the experience of us to comparing out uh, to hanging out with Jesus and Marrow. It's exactly what people say Very all the time. Similar, you guys. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, it was it, it's it's different when you're doing something like this and it's via a Zoom call. It's not quite right. the same. You can't develop a rapport with anybody. You have conversations and stuff, but I mean, it's it's great to to see people who are talented, but also have, um, you know, they, they have an intellect about what they do and they, and they have a perspective on what they do and what their, what their work means, you know, um, it's great. Um, but it is, it's, it's not too dissimilar to being a sports writer, which is something that you guys know I did for a little bit. And, uh, you know, you're in the locker room and you're at, you're asking Montrez Harrell question and maybe he's, he'd rather be doing anything else. But uh, you go out of your way to try to get something good and you try to try to ingratiate yourself to that person. And um, yeah, it's 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 difficult, actually. You know, it's difficult to ingratiate yourself to somebody for a brief period of time. It's 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 not quite as difficult as getting a good answer from somebody when they're getting dressed. <laughs> they're, putting <laughs> their watch. they're looking at their phone. <laughs> They're trying it's, to figure out where they're going to eat dinner later. There's got to be a better way to do this than the way we've been doing it for so long. Like it's it's just such a dumb system when you really think about the idea of trying to get something useful and you know thoughtful from these athletes. It, it's it's the setup is ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's that's what I like about show business more than I like about sports writing is when you're when you're working with someone there is the expectation that there will be a transference that the there that you are the, everybody's working 
and we all need to just do the thing that we need to do. We're all going the same direction because everybody's getting paid at the same time. With sports writing, you wait till after the game is over. You line up in a big pile of sweaty men. Sometimes there's a woman there, but sports writing is a mostly misogynistic and activity. Um, and then you go into a locker room and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> why don't you make conversation with one of these guys, but don't talk to that person. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it is, yes. don't, don't you dare talk to that person. Cause he's not available today. How would I know? <laughs> well, I just told you, but I just, just never mind. Just keep moving. Um, Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, or like you, you, and you see the people who do it really well. They're like, "Hey, I got some pictures of my kid. You want to check out my pictures of my kid? Oh, what's, what's your kid like? Oh, okay. Do you play golf? <laughs> I play golf. Uh huh. Anyway, so you guys lost by fifty-seven points tonight. <laughs> <laughs> with you? Why are you guys so bad? Uh, that's. <laughs> it's just like it felt gross to me. And the people that are good at it are good at it, and they don't have that thought of this is gross that I'm kind of leeching off of these people. And I'm like, oh, I just have to wait for the right time to ask my question. Um, yeah, I was never good at it. And I, 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 it felt all artificial and silly. But with, with show business stuff, you know, making TV shows and things of that nature, everybody's kind of trying. Everybody's, everybody's trying to work together. And athletes do not want to talk to you. They hate talking to journalists most of the time. They just want to go to the club. They just want to get dinner. They want a glass of wine. They want to go to bed because they have to go to practice in the morning. They don't want to talk to you or me or anybody else. I yeah, I mean, but it, it does. It does mean something if you're if you're you know you're you're looking forward to the sort of genuine refreshingness of of working in Hollywood. <laughs> God, everybody's just so real. <laughs> it's not. It's the, the athletes are real. Right, are the real ones because they're the ones who are like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Who is this nerd? <laughs> things about me in the paper or on the internet. I don't want to talk to him. But well, it's, it's, it's also everyone's cool. like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Good to see well, you. I mean, <laughs> and like, you know, like tonight. Tonight's a great example. You know, I mean, like Damian Lillard is. I, I don't know where you where he would land on your list. Like, if he, he, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA, but if you said you can pick one guy. Only one guy to watch every night for the rest of the season. I'd probably pick Dame, just because he's he's that much fun to watch play. Um, between the you know kind of the between the the actual quality of his game, the swagger, this that, whatever. But like you know, he goes and he loses, and you know it, the the Blazers might disappoint at the end of the year. Like whatever it is, like Damian Lillard's gonna have to sit there and answer questions from people like me about like why why he can't get to the next level. Dame, why haven't you been able to achieve what I think you ought to be able to, despite the fact you are obviously monumental? Like the stuff that they have to put up with from people who can't even kind of do what they do or understand what it is to do what they do. I'm surprised we don't get punched more often than we do, to be honest. Well, they used to do that. <laughs> I mean, baseball journalists or baseball players were getting to all kinds of scrums and stuff back in the day. Um, I just, yeah, I don't understand it. I think it's weird. I think it's it's weird that we have to expect these players to talk about the worst night of their life. Imagine yeah. if somebody stuck a, a microphone in your face 
after a pickup game where you guys lost by two points and everybody's ragging on you for missing the last shot of the game. I would well, wonder I, why. I, I would wonder why they were at the Y, but that's different. South, yeah, <laughs> this this uh, children's community center or whatever. Or news day. Why do you leave? What's wrong with you? I, I remember I was at uh, the the 2008 finals. You know where the Lakers lost that that awful game six against Boston. They lost by 39 points. Going in that locker room. To ask guys questions, as you were saying, like it, it felt gross, yeah. but also it felt ridiculous because every single question I would possibly ask them, I knew the answer to already. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get some soundbite that I'm sure if I went up to all of them and said, look, if I just make up something reasonable enough that you said, would you be cool with it so I could go away? They all would have said, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like If it means me getting out of here, 30 minutes earlier and not having to take any of these questions, just say something that sounds like I would say, and we'll, we'll call it even like it, it felt so awkward asking them about this, just being in their space. Yeah. It's, well, it's an it, intimate experience right? between strangers. <laughs> like if you're at least if you're a beat writer, you know, you're going to take the time to get to know the players on some level. But it's never going to be anything where that experience is normal. You know, your wife or your children or your mom or your dad uh, is going to be there for the worst night of your life. Not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, I might as well be the DoorDash guy. But I mean, it is it is it is sort of the equivalent. I'd be happy scenario. to see you. Yeah. Maybe yeah, happier to see me if I was a DoorDash guy. You're right. If if I if I approach somebody like after it's like you know the scenario Andy's talking about is like you're is is if I came up to somebody after a funeral, you know as they're leaving the cemetery. Your dad being <laughs> uh, so you know can you can you just break down like what was your mindset you know as the rabbi started the kaddish? What could you have done um, differently to prevent your father from having a heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I hadn't kept feeding him all those pizzas, but right. you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't take it back. It's just it's it's what's done is done, and there's always next year. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm going to do about my free agency. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm I'm going to take a vacation with my wife and talk to my agent, and we'll see what. Happens. I don't know what new family I'm going to join. Yeah. <laughs> Moving I'm looking forward. for another father, um, <laughs> possibly in Miami. Um, I feel like they have a good organization there, and uh, I like the weather. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just it really comes down to um, commitment, and if we're going to win a championship or not. <laughs> but it is it is intrusive in that way. Um, where yeah. they, before we get to before we get to uh, Anthony Davis, the big news on Anthony Davis, which is not really about his his leg. We know we know everything we need to know about his leg. He's going to come back after the All Star break. At which point, honestly, we can look. Lakers had a nice win uh, tonight over Portland. You know, stop the losing streak. They look much better with Dennis Schroeder than without Dennis Schroeder. I think we learned that tonight. Um, but uh, you know, with, with the 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 question of Lillard, like, where do you have him? On your on your fun list, I'm just curious. Fun list? Oh, I mean, he's definitely fun. Uh, Westbrook is still kind of fun sometimes. Uh, Washington's been on a little bit of a, a streak, so they 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 can be fun. 
Um, I'm not entirely sure that was the question I was going to ask. I think I forgot it about halfway through, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we talked about the Lillard, Lillard in the fun list, so I thought that was the que- that seemed like it was the right question to it, ask. It was it was where the plane landed. To be perfect. Uh, right. <laughs> Uh, Los Jiv Jeff uh, from the Lauer After Hours podcast. Fun list sounds dirty. He's right. It does. The fun list definitely sounds dirty. Yeah, what's James Harden's fun list in Brooklyn right now, you think? Uh, I think he's trying to make it as similar as it was in Houston and Atlanta and and everywhere else he trains. Yeah, my man. I think James (laughs) Harden is the least fun player in the NBA, but I'm sure everybody agrees with me on that one. I completely agree. I, I I realize this makes me this may actually l- like legitimately make me a bad person. I enjoy watching James Harden play. You just like dribbling. <laughs> I, love I do. I agree. I think I mean, the pretty- most fun player in the NBA is and always will be Stephen Curry. Yes, there is nobody who does what he does quite the way that he does, and. Um, He's a pleasure to watch when the Warriors are are clicking as a unit. He's even more fun to watch, but as an individual player, nobody touches him. You know what's interesting about that though is because I completely agree with you. I love. I mean, Steph is incredibly fun to watch play, and I also agree with you that James Harden, obviously a great player in terms of pure talent, I find incredibly not fun to watch. And I think a lot of that comes down to energy and presentation and vibe because there are certain similarities in, in how they actually go about doing what they do on the court. One of them, though, puts out this energy of just positivity, whereas like James Harden, an entire game feels like he's being put upon like when he goes out there and actually dribbles and scores. How like, dare like you make me play this game of basketball? Seriously, am I wrong? <laughs> like, no, like not wrong at all. He seems not bored, but um, yeah, like he's a hostage. Like the, yes, there is, there is life and child kidnapped. Yeah. Unless he beats the Pistons tonight, they're going to be executed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm uh, uh, Cheryl and and little Jimmy. I, I'm winning it for them. <laughs> There is a certain part of it that does seem sort of vaguely contemptful of the of the task that we've given him for that evening. Like, like every time he starts dribbling, like there's this body language, like Jesus, I got to do this again. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into Brooklyn. Brooklyn Harden is a little little different. It's 14 assists a night. It's it's a little more fun. But he's always put up assists. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not even saying he's selfish. I'm saying he doesn't dribble as much. It is a bad energy. I don't think the hair helps. I think it's his just he he's got one of those faces. This is kind of like Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, it's like he's not a, he's I, I'm not making you, fun of him. He just looks like serious question. I'm thinking about this now and I can't come up with an answer. James have Harden. you ever seen have you ever seen James Harden smile? Yeah. Sure. I actually have. Come on. I, I no, have no, a story. No, I, I have a story here. I okay I please. I interviewed James Harden. At the All Star Game when it was in Los Angeles the last time, what was that? Twenty eighteen? Okay. Was that twenty eighteen? Yeah, and that sounds about right. Is either twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen? And James Harden was at an Xbox event. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those like, "Hey, come play our game," and it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, well, 
James Harden is going to be available for interviews and you just have to ask him one or two questions about Xbox. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to ask James Harden a bunch of questions about fashion because I'm writing a piece about fashion for Bleacher Report. And when I was like, okay, we're just be talking about clothes today. He's like, what? <laughs> yes. Okay. I love clothes. And I'm like, cool. Me too. <laughs> I also like clothes. Is that a, is that a direct quote? I love clothes. No, he's just like, man, I just, yeah, I just, I just love thinking yeah. about what to wear every day. I just I mean, kind of vibe with it. I feel it. And a cursory Google search, Andy, reveals that James smiles. Harden smiles all I, the time. I think some of those are deep fakes. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, and these are very recent. Many of these I, are very recent. I Here's said one, this one is him smiling in college. Well, oh my God. We're going back to ASU. Come think, on. But like he's this is him smiling with Daryl Morey. Smiling just, opposite Jalen Rose. I mean, he's I'm simply saying. I'm saying. Okay, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's Tyler Hero. <laughs> That's Tyler Hero. I'm just. I'm just saying. I goggles never, and smiling at a museum. I'm saying I had never seen him smile during a game. That is me. And I said I'm not saying this to take a dig at him. I really was asking because, like, I had not before. Whereas there are most players, even ones that I don't cover that I've seen smile more often than James Harden. Like James Harden, I don't think most people would say is a smiley presence. It's it's not smiles. It's he doesn't have a, an energy. He doesn't have a fire. Steph Curry has this like passion. Yes. When he makes a three, he gets pumped up. When LeBron does something great, he gets pumped up and he responds to the crowd. He reacts to when there is a crowd, the energy in the building. James Harden, the most you're going to get out of him is one of these. And then he's like, all right. I just showed you, I just showed you what you're going to get out of James Harden. The smiling oh, James Harden. I got fouled. That's what you <laughs> oh. I got fouled. Oh. Basically what you're saying is James Harden has a interviewing people after the funeral kind of, kind yeah. of energy. It's just the, yeah. it, it, that's how it works. Um, you, as we note here in our in our banner, are the internet's best dressed man. Um, here, I believe this is you. That was today. today. This is yes. today. Yes. Um, on Look your that poster right there. For oh, the, baby. Uh, that's the Buffalo Wild Wings outfit. As I'm taking that to the B Dubs for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, that you is. Get, that you is... get all kinds of sauces on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is all over that that jacket. Now, I also though we wanted to bring up because I mean that's that is a great look, and you are yeah. often posting. Yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. have to tell you. Uh, You're often posting your looks, and they're yeah. often very good. Thank you. you had you had sent out this tweet earlier today, and says I don't think you have to spend a lot of money to dress well. There are tons of ways to develop personal style without being rich. The most important thing is to be happy with what you're wearing. It's true. How do you determine, do you think, like, how do you think somebody figures out what their style is? Because I, I, I think for some people that would be more difficult to like, know. <laughs> than not, than not they, everyone's going to land on that. Right. Not everybody time. would have the confidence. But, you know, Dave, we, we live in a fast paced world. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody has time. Okay. Well then if you're happy, not wearing anything other than sweats, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to criticize people for how they dress. No, no. There are things that no. I don't like, and that guy deleted the tweet that I was referring to. 
So he's like, what was I, it? Well, he just generally, generally the, the, the vibe was, I'm sure you're a great guy. I love listening to you on podcasts and stuff, but I feel like you're a snob about clothes and you make people who don't have a lot of money feel bad. And I was like, you don't have, you don't have to have money to dress well. You can go shop at um, Old Navy or um, or, uh, The Gap or uh, you can get stuff from Target that are, that are it's going to look good and flattering on you. Um, it's not about how much money you spend on things. It's not about the label. It's not about anything. It's about feeling comfortable in it and it being flattering. There are a lot of people who wear clothes that are not flattering to their figure. That wear. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because or like you know shirts that are too tight. Like just think about think about how you look. That's all that matters. It's not about the money that you spend. The fact that I spend a lot of money on clothes makes me demented. Right. <laughs> I'm the problem, not the solution. But I do encourage people to think about how they dress, to care about how they dress, and to develop a sense of personal style that goes beyond, well, I need to wear um, sweatpants every day, or I like these jeans. Like, think about it. Just think. You had a thing, I, I, I accidentally tweeted over it, but you had a thing, and I'm going to pull it back up, about shoulder pads. Uh, now, sometimes, yeah. sometimes when I go through your Twitter handle, mm -hmm. I don't always know if you're being serious or not. You Isn't talk about part of the fun. Yes, it is for me, but I don't know for sure because fashion is cyclical, and there are a lot of things that you know once were fashionable that aren't considered fashionable now and so i when you started talking about shoulder pads in men's jackets like suit jackets and things like that i was not entirely sure if you were being serious or not so first of all are you kind of calling for the return of shoulder pads to men's uh to menswear not necessarily shoulder pads but like you know a broader top like where you have there's some heft every jacket now is unstructured and it's just like you either have shoulders or you don't and i think that there should be more structure in jackets sometimes and they should be maybe a little bit more um more of like a plate on your shoulders i guess i don't know i think it looks good i think it looks um both nostalgic and kind of forward thinking and uh, the avatar you use here is is martha stewart martha <laughs> looks incredible look at her what is like, this with the chuck taylors and this double-breasted suit stunning she's a beautiful beautiful woman and a great dresser mm. and the most unlikely partner for snoop dogg ever yeah it's <laughs> like, they, they've been married for so long <laughs> It, it is if you had told people in like 1993 this guy snoop assuming he ends up beating this murder rap he's gonna end up doing a show with martha stewart assuming she gets out of prison okay i mean like it's just crazy like the idea of those two together and like sort of how image makeovers work and the people who manage to pull it off and then the people who never manage to do it at all it's, I mean, like the idea that Snoop or Mike Tyson or, you know, what Martha Stewart went through, you know, Ice Cube now is as a family friendly movie star. Like it, it's crazy when you see these things evolve over decades. Like nobody can see some of that stuff coming. 
I, I Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart is how I know racism is on the way out, folks. Okay? <laughs> and you see these two together, it's like, yeah, you, there's the Proud Boys are done. <laughs> Even they get behind that one. <laughs> Hell yeah. I want to see the uglies. So, but like. In- <laughs> In the in the uh, <laughs> pantheon of of cyclical fashion, the the I heard that phrase in a while. <laughs> the uh, ESPN broadcast showed this picture. Yeah, in terms of suit wear. Um, now, like, is this something that should come back? Is this a look that needs to return? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> draft fashion of that era <laughs> of the two thousands. To me, it looks bad. It's like. Some of those suit jackets had like nine buttons just going up. <laughs> and, and the monochromatic thing, like you could find a way to, I think, take some of those jackets if you found them at a consignment store or something and style them in a more contemporary fashion. And that's the thing that I was trying to point out about clothes is you don't have to go buying brand new stuff all the time. You should look into buying things from the past buying things from consignment stores, buying um, vintage pieces that you can f- experiment with and be creative with. F- dressing up in fashion can be a creative expression as opposed to like, well, <laughs> I wear Christian Dior sneakers that just say Dior written all over them. Or I've got a Gucci t-shirt that uh, is purple and uh, has a big tiger on the back. Like that's not, that's not style. Okay. A lot of NBA players say that they're stylish people and they just spend a lot of money and they look bad. Uh, yeah. You know, it's fine there. I mean, got, I mean, this has gotten a lot of it's an 80s sweater game has been in the news like all week. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it's cool. I hate those jeans. Those ripped jeans. Good God. I hate jeans though. Um, yeah, it, I, I remember you. St- uh, the last time you were on with us, I have a huge ass. <laughs> Why do you talk about jeans? Why are you mean about jeans all the time? Jeans are cool. Great. I'm glad you get to wear jeans. My ass is too big, so I have to buy giant jeans that make me <laughs> like before photo uh, Jared Fogel. <laughs> <laughs> no. I- <laughs> Look at my pants. I don't know why the second the Jared and Dennis Haster. I guess I'm not trying to make a point here about anything. Anyway, you guys see that Woody Allen documentary or yet? Um, yeah, I don't like jeans. My 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 tailor said I have a large seat, a large seat when I got to my wedding, and uh, I was like, all right, well. I got something about this. It's like, those his exact words. Large you got a large seat, young man. So we're gonna have to blow these pants out for you. We're gonna have to get more fabric from this from Italy and ship it over so we can Jesus. tape it to your pants. Taylor is this warehouse. <laughs> That's all I could afford I mean, right now. Jesus, this guy is really out of control. Hey, your, your ass is too goddamn big. 
So uh, we're going to get you one of those fat guy peens. <laughs> I mean, was this your first and last visit to him? I mean, it must have been terrible for your esteem. Oh, yep, there I am. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we lost me for a second. Uh, oh. We got me back. Uh, was, was he... <laughs> I said, what did this guy do to your esteem? It's like right before your wedding, your tailor's telling you, you're not going to look good during this thing. If you see in this red book, God damn it. Sorry, hit the F word. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I forgot. This, this isn't an ESPN thing anymore, so I could say, right, fuck As many F-bombs as you want, Dave. It's fine. It's actually five minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmad Youssef points out Andy is losing it. Um, Andy never had it in tonight's episode. Andy's been a, a little bit on tilt from the beginning. Uh, um, Ahmed may have missed uh, what we now refer to in the show vernacular the, the as Ava Duvernay Gate. <laughs> so, Dave, what was it like to work with Ava? Uh, Ava well, Gardner? Okay. Andy? Was it Ava Gardner? No, okay, Ava at least Duvernay. I didn't. At least I did not go that far in asking what it was like to work with her. I just thought she was a part of the project. Not right? at all. He just uh, had to scrap the other questions he had about working with Denzel. Um, no, you know, I know. Jimmy JJ Walker, Gary Coleman, <laughs> Lark Voorhees, no, Stacy Dash. Yeah, no, no. Okay, well, no, I guess I, I got. Guessed. I guess what this is, is this is a CPAC invite list. Oh my god! I, I was willing to go out on a limb that Stacy Dash was not a part of this, <laughs> even even behind the scenes. Stacey, yeah. More of a silent partner. Yeah, no, she is a hundred percent at CPAC right now. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yeah, absolutely. She, she is one hundred percent. That that saw some clips from that thing. That was. We have to talk about it. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> sad. It is, sad it is really. Really it's nutty. Cool. So you're you're not into a uh, 80s sweater game? Like it, it doesn't no, impress you because a lot of people it's just I, been a big deal. Like people have been talking about it a lot. All right. I'm gonna say it. If you're a skinny basketball player in impeccable shape, you'll look good in pretty much anything as long as it's snug. Like, yeah, he looks okay. Uh, he's not he's not doing anything um avant-garde or outrageous like russell westbrook to me no, is probably yeah. the, the top dresser in the league because he does strange things sometimes he really like he clearly has a sense of um expression with the, the clothes that he wears and he's thinking about what am i saying when i dress up lebron is a classiest dresser lebron always looks impeccably put together and uh you know he he does he takes fewer risks than than Russ, but he he does more with what he's wearing than AD does. Or it's like I'm gonna get an expensive sweater and some ripped jeans and expensive uh, Jordans and then call it a day. All right, I mean anyone can do that. Literally anybody so, can do what he did. So you really appreciate when guys take risks. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? It's just like okay, yeah, I spent a bunch of money on some clothes. All right, cool. That's great. Yeah, you get you. It's a Givenchy sweater. Cool man. Mm -hmm. So then do you do you consider this like a risk? Like I'm 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 asking seriously, like in terms of when you when you make I, a choice. Right, but I'm not but <laughs> you are not I, as I comfortable. Wear that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well you're not as you are not as comfortable, I think, in terms of 
even low risk assessment as Dave. So I mean, I'm wondering as somebody that is as used to dressing the way you do, would you look at something like that and still see an element of risk to it? Yeah, it's a white. I'm wearing a white tuxedo <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I mean, a, a bird could crap on me at any time. <laughs> the whole thing. Kyle Kuzma could get some blood on it. The thing is ruined. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if, if you saw Dave, I mean, if you didn't know, if you saw Dave walking down the street in that outfit, you'd say, "Hey, Dave, how are you?" Because you know Dave. But if you, if you didn't know Dave, you'd be like, "That guy's wearing a white tuxedo jacket over, you know, whatever in the no, loafers," right. and like that's a whole deal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a risk. If you saw Anthony Davis walking down the street in a sweater and ripped jeans and a pair of Jordans, you'd say, there's Anthony Davis. You wouldn't say, well, Anthony Davis is dressed cool. You'd yeah, say, there's true. Anthony Davis. Because nothing he's doing is interesting. Yeah. That's, there's a, is, there's a tweet again. There's a tweet again. Yeah. Yeah. Just, what, what can you do that's what's weird? Like, Look at yourself in the mirror. If you're, if there's not one freaky thing that you're doing, then you're doing it wrong. Do something no. freaky. Actually, it's not wrong. I, I am going to say this again. I don't believe that there is a wrong. There is, if you look unflattering or if you look boring, you're allowed to look boring. If you can look like <laughs> there, that, there, as much as you want. Great. Congratulations, Anthony Davis. You'll look fine. Um, no before, one's going to be freaked out by what you're wearing or, or think you look like, like bad. You look fine. I'm not sure. I, I wonder how much, like, then you would wonder with some guys how much they actually care, which is a whole other question. Some of them do. I mean, mo I would say most of them do care because they talk about it. Right. Um, you are a, a person who knows a great deal about the filmography of Eddie Murphy. Um, who also and, was not involved with this project, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> Just add him to the list. But I just, I feel just like, yeah, actually, he was. You <laughs> schmuck. No, no, no he, he was not. He would have been listed in the front with all those guys. Yes. By the way, it, it felt like Michelle Obama got the end with the list of the people. You know, like the uh, at towards the end, She's she the was the last Obama. one listed. She's the top I know. Obama. I know. I, I noticed that it did not feel like an accident. No. Yeah, she's she rules. Um, yeah, she's that's a good get. I know. Um. I I am a little torn as somebody who loves the the original coming to America. What is what is your early feeling about this? Because we're gonna play the trailer, but I'm curious about your uh, your sense of what this movie is going to be. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm not excited. Uh, I we've been burned by so many of these like after the fact, decades later sequels. I love Eddie Murphy. I hope that he really tries with this and like the script is good, but I'm not chomping at the bit for this. I'm not thrilled that it exists. Some movies do not need sequels. The whole like, ah, oh, he's got a son. We've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen Harrison Ford's done seven of these movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. I mean, I'm, I love Eddie Murphy, so I, I will watch it when it comes out on Amazon, but yeah, I'm not like, Dying to see it. Are you I mean, dying to see the trailer? Because we don't play that necessarily. I, even, I didn't even watch the trailer. We could play the trailer. I I just haven't. Seen we can it. talk over it. That's the thing too. Is we do not uh, have to okay. That, now it. we can play it. All right. Yeah, we don't have to sit silently. I will turn the volume down. Look at this. This looks terrible. Yeah, you can that. Unless uh, Ava DuVernay had something to do with it, in which case we might not. I would never it. say a mean thing about her. She's wonderful. Anyway, let's play this trailer. I'm working on it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I got off of it because I was like, oh, Dave doesn't seem like he wants to see the trailer. So I stopped. But did they ever go. do that on the Tonight Show? Or is it, oh, I guess uh, <laughs> right. I guess Matthew McConaughey doesn't want to see the trailer. So we'll just do something else. <laughs> no. That, so there we are. Here we are. That's the statue. Dave Little Jazz is dead. All right. Another dance number. To a male heir. That's a little, sort of very Lion King. I think that was intentional. You have our oh, he's son. Alive. <laughs> we are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. Come on. Yeah, you know, here we go. Now, here, somebody pointed out something that was I thought was very interesting. First of all, that's a very heavy airplane. Um, that it is almost impossible to believe that these people in the barbershop would still be alive. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> like, there's no possible chance that these people are alive. Yeah. And by the way, look exactly the same. Like, that guy looks the same. They all look the same. That guy. Like, they're all dead. Like, already, they're all dead. Like, this doesn't make any sense. How much time as a, as a writer do you think they spent on that? Like, did anybody in the room when they were going through the script raise the question, you know, somewhere in a production meeting or whatever, all of these people would be dead? Absolutely not, because I think Eddie probably wanted to play them all again. So that was the end of the conversation? Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Who cares if they're, they're old? Yeah, it's a I comedy, mean, guys. Let it go. Um, well, oh, it's fun. Also, his counterpoint is, if I'm unhappy and I decide not to do this movie, there is no movie. Yeah. So It feels like Eddie's him. trying really hard. He's playing all those characters again. Wesley Snipes was so funny in Dolomite. So yes. I think he's probably going to yes. bring it in this. He, I'm excited now. now and, I'm and, the, and the two of them were no, great off each other. Yeah. They were fantastic off each other. It's stunning. Stunning stuff. Like, to some degree, I feel like the 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 playing of like seventy three roles in the movie in like the one movie where like look Eddie Murphy's an old Jewish guy look Eddie Murphy's an old barber like is the functional equivalent of these suits like it I'm not you know it maybe had a period of time where it worked but now it just feels kind of sticky and dated like I I, I don't need to see Eddie Murphy play seventeen characters in a movie anymore. I do. <laughs> and you know he's trying hard. Yeah. If he's he, like he can do what? it and he should do it while he can when he's while he's alive. Let him you, let him play every character for all I care. He does actually cuz you know I mean Eddie Murphy and this is by his own admission has done a lot of just paychecks sleeping sleepwalking through it. I mean this is so Eddie I, baby. <laughs> you saw me covering the Lakers. <laughs> It's my it's at I consider that to be aspirational. But Eddie Murphy's got a pretty good track record in terms of just trying when it comes to dual role movies. Mm -hmm. Like yep. the original Coming to America, the original Nutty Professor, Bowfinger, Clump. Like when he Clump, yeah. He played eight characters in the <laughs> That's trying. That is definitely trying. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that is a good sign. I just it's it's so funny. Like when you watch when I, I actually wrote a piece about this for the Athletic um, with Dolomite is my name, comparing it to like sort of LeBron's renaissance on defense last season that we hadn't seen in a while. Watching Eddie Murphy really bringing it and dialed in, you're just reminded like my 
God, that type of talent. Like, I mean, like there's nothing like somebody like him when he is just completely there and invested. Yeah, when still. he's locked in, he's the best. He's the actual best ever, in my opinion. He, he was so good in that. Like he he was so fantastic in Dolomite is my name. If people have not seen that, you definitely should. It's unbelievable. Yeah, what else are you uh, gonna do? It's a pandemic for Christ's sake. You ever <laughs> watched Dolomite yet? This is so good. It is it is phenomenal. Dude, wait again. Wait. Congr- we have one more thing. Oh what god, is another one more thing? thing. One more one more <laughs> yeah. clip. One more clip, Andy. All right. All right. It's the best one part of Dave's project. Clip. One more clip. It's, it's the, the credit. It's project. a good. It's a funny joke, guys. Because I already made joke. it. Here it is. Hey, it's VC. Oh, yeah, see. We, we workshopped Fudge. a bit. Incredible. Thanks, guys. This is great. No, I enjoyed we're, talking about all of these things, and I enjoyed really. Andy's horrible faux pas. It was horrible, but I rolled with it. You got to roll with it. You did not watch the show. You watched the show. I did. I, so, I did. I I'm telling you, Dave. What it was is from when you had originally told me that this thing was coming. Because mm-hmm. I remember you told me about it like I don't know, a month ago, two months, or something like that. Sure. For some reason, I thought Ava DuVernay was involved with it, and then I just kept that in my head. Like I, did, I, did I ever lead you to believe that she was? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even putting this on you. I'm just saying for some reason, I thought that it was. There were, there were all those emails you sent us entitled Ava DuVernay's Black Renaissance. Ava! Exclamation mark. And, and for some reason, for some I don't know what it was. For some reason, it stayed with me. Like, you yeah. know how occasionally you're incorrect about something and uh, it just stays I with know you. That I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I did watch. I did watch it. He is I one of the 300,000 people. Today, that's really great. Three thousand page views. Yeah, watch this thing. It's awesome. Wow, that's more than any given Wednesday with Bill Simmons had its entire lifetime. <laughs> Boom! What <laughs> <laughs> an actual baseball! Hey, got him again. <laughs> um, well, anyway, Dave, you've been a wonderful friend of the show, and I am disappointed that you clearly will never come back. Um, not that Simmons joke. No, he's gonna, he's was, gonna find me. No, no, you're welcome to <laughs> I just, me like I, Tanya Harding. I feel like I feel like we didn't quite we Andy and I may have may have ruined this forever. Um but yeah, we had a good run with you and we appreciate it. Cheers, um man. yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to mention before before? Um, follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. You saw my tweets a hundred times during this, uh, so you probably know where to find me and uh is the full court chat still going? No, 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 no. It was two seasons, just like The Office. Yeah. Well, um, it's, still, it's still on Dave's Twitter yeah. bio. In fairness to I'm me. I'm taking that out. Okay, well, <laughs> then, well, then you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> you uh, know what I, I, mean? will, I will tell you one thing. This is uh, something I haven't talked about much. Uh, I, am, I, I wrote a, a piece for the LA Times style section for okay. next month about berets. <laughs> and the beret trend. So keep I an eye out for that. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back in it. I'm back in journalism, baby, writing about berets. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis, know. you if you want to freak out your outfit, wear a beret. <laughs> I didn't know there was a I did not realize they were back. 
Yeah, well, you don't hang out in Silver Lake like I do. <laughs> I didn't realize they left. Are you on the beret beat now, or is this a more of a one-off? <laughs> I, I'll be doing things periodically for the Times about fashion, but not just berets, okay? <laughs> it's not like, okay, come up with don't, something else about put, the hat. Don't put me in a box, Brian. Yeah, no, don't, don't put baby in the corner, you know, from that movie. Dirty Dancing. I... <laughs> <laughs> know it very well yeah all right man <laughs> thank you <laughs> the most uncomfortable end to a show we've ever had once i did that joke about any given wednesday i was just like ah. no it's not that wasn't it i just felt like you know before you no, were, that was it. more of like a like look you can you can say whatever you want. It was, I it, will. <laughs> I felt like you know there were sections like we had the whole Eddie Murphy thing that was prepared, and you're like, eh, I don't know if this is <laughs> that I really care. It's, uh, it's eleven oh four. I have a child. I'm sleepy. <laughs> right. I'm Dave, bed. You're the best, Dave. Even if you no longer think we're the best, right? You're still the best to us. Appreciate it. Follow Dave Schilling on Twitter. Monday Ali Khan. You yeah. know him. Yes. From the Food Network. From the Food Network. He will be joining us on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Anthony, uh, Anthony Slater. Slater. We don't need to do the whole lineup. Yeah. Dave, Trayvon, oh, Edwards I know. I know. Trayvon Edwards on Thursday, oh. Steve Mason on Friday, oh. Wednesday, TBD. Uh, I love TBD. <laughs> We're going to see if Dave will come back. <laughs> Everyone enjoy your weekend. Doc, you need a lot. Of-